This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Shining Donut 911, <laughs> Nathan, Jennifer with a PH, Joey, Sneaky Snake, Wes, Dreskel, Kaylee, Aaron, Danielle, Jeff, Amy, Tia, Matthew, Evil Matthew, Dave, Jonathan, Scott, Kate, Isaac, Karun, Eddie, and Nick B. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome Horror Virgin community. If you want to hang out with us, please do so in the Facebook group and Discord servers where we hang out and chat daily i've come around on wicker man a second movie i think is what i needed i know that this is how i die i know that an ex will trick me somewhere saying that we had a child together and she kept it from me she knows that's the one lie you'll fall for yeah He's a highway patrol officer which is from like California. A, which immediately makes shit. him the villain. Like, I don't know if you've met the CHP, but I can't root for one of them. Every time he flashes his badge where he's like, I'm a police business, and it says highway patrol, <laughs> I was laughing my ass off. I was like, this motherfucker used to ride with Eric Estrada, and now he's punching oh old women God. on the island. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Horror Virgin and Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, the listeners made us watch The, the Wicker Man. Man. But the 2006 version. We've already done the 1973 version. And if you want to listen to that, it was like two months ago. Last month? It feels like we just did it. Yeah, the original Wicker Man was the episode 188. It was not that long ago. <laughs> It's fine. I think it's great that we watch them close enough together because I think it's made it good for comparison. I have come around. I like the Wicker Man. I said this a little bit. I yeah. I would like to combine them both because there is definitely a lot of missing naked frolicking in this version. Absolutely. But I do believe that Nick Cage acts how I would act on an island full of weird stuff going on, except <laughs> less violent. You mean just trudging around like he's never done a day of cardio in his life? <laughs> this man is exhausted this entire film. There's a lot of hills on that island. We can all see that. I'm convinced he talked to one of the producers and was like, I need a bike. Get me a bike. I cannot walk around this island anymore. I'm so fucking tired. Get your hands off this bike. I will shoot you. So good. I, I will say, and Mikey, I think this is probably part of why you like this better. It takes it from being a conflict of religious interests purely on its own to moral conflict in general, which I do think makes it a clear cut plot. And I do think the end, which I have to ask you because I watched this on YouTube. I bought it on YouTube. And the captions were off and I couldn't figure it out. And it's because it was a different cut. Like the, it was the captions from the wrong cut because there's multiple cuts oh. of this movie. Okay. So when you watched it today, did it have the additional extra scene at the end that's six months later? Yeah. Where the girls go to the bar. Okay. Mine did not. But I had seen it before and was like, what? It's missing this. I think that six month scene of like. They're truly hunting people closes the loop for me on how he gets to the island. Does that make sense? Where it's like, yes, in the first too. one, it's like, well, how did they know about him? How did they find him? Why him? And in this one, it kind of closes up all those gaps. All of that said, this movie is terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's probably actually his daughter, right? Because they're just going out there to get knocked yes, up and then uh, yeah. draw men back to the island. Uh, my headcanon is they go out, they get gushed up into, and then they come home. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have those kids and whatever kid is like the May Queen, because it's different kids every year. Yes. If the crops fail, 
you get to light your dad on fire. Uh, and they, then they go find your dad. And they have like six months to do it. Yeah, at the end of this movie, Lily Sobieski is going to get Franco'd. And then in right, eight right, years, right. he's going to get murdered on that island. Or Jason or Ritter. Jason oh, that's Ritter. right. It is both of them. It was wild. I was like, wow, I know both of those guys. And those girls yeah. are about to know both of those guys carnally. Biblically, yeah. if you will. That's how I would survive. If Lily Sobolewski came up to me randomly in a bar and was like, can I come back to your place tonight? I'd be like, no. This person is clearly <laughs> off their medication and he's held. I'm going to get them to a safe place. You'd be like calling in whatever the equivalent of a Baker Act is. You're like, this person is clearly yeah, yeah, not yeah. well. <laughs> I'm like, girl, you approached the wrong guy. I know you're not in your right mind. Mikey, I need you to embrace the good things inside of you that would allow you to accept the love of someone like a Lily Sobieski. I, I believe a Lily Sobolewski could love me if I put in the work. <laughs> If she really knew my heart and my soul and the things I love and how I see the world. I do not believe Lily Sobolewski would come up to me in 10 minutes and be like, I'm going to fuck you tonight. You never know, dude. You never maybe know. Maybe she's a listener and she's heard about that vitamin water dick. I'm going to tell you maybe, right now, maybe. I would not trust it. I would not trust it. And that's how I've stayed alive this long. But that's also how you're going to die alone, Mike. Yeah. No, most guys, especially guys who are going to be like, take home a girl in 10 minutes, probably ain't coming to that island in 18 years. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're right. Well, but it does imply that like she had a relationship with Nicolas Cage to the point where they got engaged. They were engaged. So I think the key is you have to stay around until you get pregnant. And so like, I guess if you won and done it that night, you can like fuck off back to the island. But like. If it takes a bit, then I guess you got to stick around yeah. and you just pick one. Yeah, this is like Summer Isle Rumspringer. Yeah, it's some, Summer Springer. <laughs> summer yeah. Springer, yeah. Summer Springer. Yes. Oh, wow. I would get suspicious I mean, when they're like, just dump it all in me. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> I would be suspicious if anyone ever said that to me ever. Hey, baby, <laughs> just dump it all in me. Like during? Like they'd say that to you during, Mikey? <laughs> the weirdest dirty talk ever. And that would be weird if it was a one night stand. No, it's, it's weird regardless. Mikey, it's weird regardless of how many times you've had. If she's over here making these like no, no. backing up truck noises while you're having sex. <laughs> <laughs> dump it. Just dump, dump it. it all in me. Like that is a problem. <laughs> I am a married woman and I have never uttered that phrase except for jokes on this show. Yet. But like they're engaged. Like, is the birth control conversation not coming up? You'd be surprised how little people ask. Just put another. Really? I ask. I, uh, yeah. Really? That, that blows my mind. I always say, do I need to stock up on some provisions? <laughs> I ha- Okay. How personal do you Very want to Very personal, Mikey. Episode? I want you to bring it down. Just tell me everything. Okay. One of the last people I dated was like, not, not a serious, like a, a few dates, was like, you don't have to wear that. And I was like, oh, girl, we're not we're not there. You know, I don't uh, (laughs) like I was like, "Mm." (laughs) you're like, I think I do have to wear that. But I don't you know, like a couple of few dates, you don't know somebody. You know what I mean? I guess that's probably why you should like wait to be physical. But like it's a long pandemic. It's been like a long. (laughs) I like how Mikey got all the way around to meeting and learning about people as a person, just like he wants Lily Sobieski to do. (laughs) I like that he did that, but also acknowledged that sex is gonna happen. 
Yeah. I mean, how else are you going to get somebody to dump it all in you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mom. There's just a lot of things attractive people could do that would really be red flags for me. How would any of us on this podcast know that? I guess Paige might. Like, if I went on a seven-hour walk or three... I, first of all, I would never do that. That's This is never a situation I'm in. <laughs> Let's say Lily Sobolewski was like... Sobieski. There's not an extra L in it. Sobolewski. <laughs> Nailed it. What... If we talked for hours and there was like this chemistry and connection, you know, maybe, maybe we'd get there. But you're not going to let that happen because the second she comes up to talk to you, you're like, red alert. No, 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 no. The red alert is when are you leaving? I'm going to go with you. Yeah, that's the red alert. Mikey's concern is that if a woman comes up to him immediately and she initiates the sex conversation immediately, that she is going to murder him for his organs, which I agree with. That is smart. Yeah, no, sure, sure, sure. There's a way to get around that, but I don't know if it works when the genders are reversed and it's to do what I did and just go up to the super attractive person that you're into and be like, hey, what's your deal? Let's talk and hang out. That worked for me. Yeah, but that's not what she said. She said, I'm leaving with you in 10 minutes. <laughs> I assume when you first met Jake, you just walked up to him and were like, hey, you, I want you to dump it all in no. there. <laughs> never. I've never said they that. They actually met. It's a cute story. His shoulders were the dance floor at that bar. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Atlas, <laughs> let me dance on you. <laughs> Shrug it all in me. Oh. No. no. <laughs> sorry. Say what you will about Ayn Rand and her political philosophy, but she was a terrible writer. Yeah, I would have also said that her political philosophy is terrible. Oh, I know. It's all terrible. Oh, I know. (laughs) Atlas was a Greek, you know, like that's a Greek myth. You don't have to go to Ayn Rand. Well, you made the shrug joke. I only went there because you went there. He shrugs in the myth. I mean, because he's like holding the world. Yeah, that's that is the whole thing. Yeah, because the world's flat and Atlas holds it up. Don't you guys know anything? He holds it up like it's a pizza pie. Yeah, (laughs) he's like, hey, (laughs) who ordered the earth? If you're dumb enough to believe the world is flat, you should also be dumb enough to believe that Lily Sobieski wants your body. I'm just saying. I do have a thing. I do feel like he has a chance with Lily Sobieski. And I only said Sobieski because I'm sure that person exists, but it's not the person that's in this movie. And he has a chance (laughs) with the person who was not in this movie, Lily Sobieski. I was here for Lily. I was here for <laughs> willow. I was here for leaves. I was here for like, uh, you know, sunflower. And then, uh, oh, you, know, you were here for rose too. You say rose? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, I rose, say rose willow, da- daffodilly. And then like, you know, all of them. I was like, I liked all of them. <laughs> Here's my thing. Willow in this movie, and I've seen this actress in other things and she's not bad, but in this movie, it almost appears as if she's under the influence the entire movie. Like she can't form full sentences and it's so frustrating to sit through. She also does not seem close to Nicolas Cage's age. No. See, Mikey, you shouldn't date people younger than you. (laughs) They're going to steal your offspring and then burn you in a wicker structure. Yeah, you're going to get summarized. Yeah. What a way to go. (laughs) (laughs) They miseried his legs, man. Oh, wait, that part's not in the version you guys saw. No, I didn't see. I didn't even see the bee helmet, I don't think. Yeah, the bee helmet was not in my version either. It's in mine. Yeah, yeah. Mikey, you watched it on Amazon, right? I could not rent the extended version, which I I think Paige is talking about. That's what I saw, yeah. I paid to watch it on Amazon, and it didn't have the misery legs or the bee helmet. 
But the, that would have made more sense for me because, again, this man does not fight enough in the Wicker Times. At least he fought a little bit, unlike the first dude who was like, oh, no. At least Nick Cage threw a punch or two. That, that's true. In the version I saw, they break both of his legs, so he can't really move. Yeah. So, like, he can't fight. And in the version I saw, once... Like, he gets to the Wicker Man, they're carrying him in that sack. Like, he can't move. Like, they tie his legs yeah. up and they they hoist him up, right? So, like, he can't right. move. Yeah. That's correct. All I'm saying about this movie is that I needed a little bit more horny musical in this one. Because there Absolutely. was no yes. horny musical in this yes. one. And I honestly needed a little bit more Nicolas Cage losing his shit punching people. Because that yeah. was okay. my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, because it only happens in, the, like, the last 15 minutes yeah. of the movie. Yes. And you're like, I need this crazy energy through the whole movie because most of the movie he's just like what do you mean she disappeared out of the back seat like he's just like he's half asleep yes i think my ideal version would be mostly the original because i do prefer the original horny musical and all yeah of course you do but dialed back on the catholicism dialed up on the violence yes and with the switch ending that implies that they're kind of hunting people that's what i want i like that page i also don't like the police stuff like i like they have a personal connection of why he's at the island i think he could be a police officer looking for his possible daughter who's gone missing yeah i think that's a better motivator than being like same i'm on yeah, official agreed. highway patrol business also here <laughs> in a state where i do not have jurisdiction yeah a hundred percent there's no highways on Summer Isle. <laughs> There's no roads. There are bike paths, but that's it. Oh, my God. I trained the highway patrol, and I made, like, such a good joke. But, like, I was like, so are y'all, like, real police, too? Like, are you just tickled? <laughs> <laughs> they got so mad. It was so funny. But he's not even a cop, really, because he's in a different state than he's allowed to be a cop in. Like, well, yeah, this is a way worse version of Die Hard, because he is no John McClane. <laughs> Because John McClane is a New York cop in L.A. Oh, my God, though. But see, here's the thing. That's what I need, though. I need John McClane in this movie. That's what I want. I want a guy gone mad, running around, murdering everybody on the island, trying to look for his daughter. John McClane would not get wickered, man. No. No, I want Midsommar plus John McClane. He would never (laughs) let someone unload his gun. Never. And you can't unload your gun when it's duct taped to your back, Mikey. Yeah. What if he had a different gun duct taped to his back during that scene? They're like, take him. And he's like, oh. And then she's like, oh, the bullets. And she drops him. And then he's like, oh, boom, boom. There's just a dead body that's like, I have a hobby horse. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Nicholas Cage wakes up from roughly 79 dreams in this movie. I know. And I hate that trope so much. And, no, but okay, though. He inceptions. When we get to he it. wakes up in three dreams in a row. <laughs> when we get to the dream, though, because there's this section of the dream that takes place on the ferry. And I have not laughed so hard in a minute when the semi truck runs over yes. the girl on the Fairy, yes. just like out of the sky. Did Stephen King write this book? Like, he- no, Dickens wrote this book because in the beginning of the movie, Nicholas Cage was visited by Officer Crockett, the female officer, and she said, "You will be visited by three ghosts of truck executioner." <laughs> truck executioner's past, present, and future. We need to get into the movie because I have so much to talk about about that truck, <laughs> like the first truck scene. 
It's just, there's so much truck executioner in this movie. This is a truck executioner heavy movie, and I'm going to be honest with you guys, I was pretty triggered by it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, because we're going to laugh about it a lot. I watched this movie, and I was like, oh no, Todd's going to have a rough time. I can't wait to talk about this. You're like, oh, this is going to be a rough episode for Todd, and it is. But let's get into it so we can talk about it. That bitch got what she deserves for throwing the doll a second time. <laughs> I have that in my notes, too. <laughs> No, Mikey okay, just called okay, a nine-year-old girl a bitch and blamed her for her death by executioner because she threw a doll at a policeman. <laughs> I, it had been a long time since I watched this one. I, I tend to watch the original more because it's the one I prefer. Uh, and so I'd forgotten about the whole first half of this movie and had a good long laugh. How to get trucked? How to get trucked? How to get trucked? <laughs> How to get braked? How to get braked? Uh, anyway, so we open with the original Wicker Man font, also known as Papyrus. Uh, so Avatar. Yeah, I love that part where Nicolas Cage plugs his tail into a tree and then punches that bitch dressed as a bear. It's great. <laughs> so pretty boring credits, but this is where we open on a diner. Nicolas Cage and his partner, it kind of implies maybe, are getting lunch before they go out and do their CHP bullshit. Yep. And the one thing that this first scene does kind of set up is yellow as a significant color in this movie, but it's kind of bonkers and everywhere and not consistent. So if you're trying to do like a visual symbolic reading of this movie, don't. It's a Nicolas Cage movie. What are you doing? <laughs> so we cut to a montage of him doing highway patrol shit, yeah. pulling people over, basically being the villain of this movie. And finally, <laughs> he sees a doll fall out the window of a station wagon as it passes. He picks it up. He follows the station wagon, pulls them over to give it back. Can we talk about how he picked it up, though? Because he doesn't stop to pick it up. He dips. He like, Mad Max style. Yeah, he like dips and grabs it. Have you guys seen the movie Shoot 'em Up? No. Yeah. Where there's a robot baby and Clive Owen does the same shit and just like dips. Yes. I do not believe that Nicolas Cage has the core strength required to do that <laughs> at speed. Oh, absolutely never. Yeah. Never, never on earth. Some young, supple, you know, mm. stunt guy Ooh. pulled that shit off. Tell me, tell me about his shoulders, Paige. I'm, tell me about his shoulders. <laughs> I'd love to see them. I'm sure they're great. Anyway, he catches up with the car and pulls them over and the mom is like, I'm so sorry. She's acting out. And he's like, don't worry. Here's the doll. It's a little banged up. And uh, the mom is like, it won't happen again. And then literally no sooner does he start to walk away that she tosses the doll again. She throws it way further than like a nine-year-old girl could throw it though. Because she <laughs> oh, throws yeah. it she, like she's into like, the other lane. That's what's crazy about this. Because she does major league baseball pitch it out of that car. Yeah. But it they're off in like a pullout on the side of the road yes. and then there's two lanes she throws it into that first lane and he bends down to pick it up but here's the problem so he goes to pick it up and then he dodges the truck as it comes and runs over the station wagon but in order for it to do that it hits that station wagon perpendicular yeah and they're on a two-lane road page it's california it's a free range truck. Okay. It was just, out. <laughs> it's just coming through the fields because it literally like comes out of fucking nowhere perpendicular from a road that doesn't exist. And then just like 
grave diggers its way over that station wagon. Oh, yeah, truck's accused. It monster truck rallies the shit out of that station wagon, and then that station wagon explodes. Yes. Well, it catches fire. It doesn't explode just yet. Yeah, he goes up to it where the mom's obviously dead like very yeah. not great and then the yeah, little yeah, girl's yeah. like no, i don't want to get out of the truck and i was like well fuck fuck this mikey i do feel like if you were a police officer and this happened to you and you clearly the, mo- the mother has died you'd be like <laughs> jackpot now i'm a father oh an orphan like you just find an orphan yeah what he should have done was just throw the doll back into the car before it- <laughs> <laughs> that's how i got burned that's how i got burned <laughs> And coming into the arena, truckalist cage. <laughs> uh, but like the girl just looks at him, and he's like, "Grab my hand, grab my hand," and she's like, "No, no. dog." The, she is the meme that's like that dog in the room with the fire, where she's just like, "This is fine. This burning station wagon is fine." <laughs> she's just sipping her coffee. <laughs> yeah. I laughed so hard during this whole time. I did too. Just thinking about this moment of talking about it. And correct me if I'm wrong, Paige, but all of this is before the title card, right? Yes. Yes. This is when I texted y'all and said, this movie's amazing. (laughs) Yes. And I'm not to the title yet. Yeah. It was bonkers. I did like that it took his helmet off and tried to beat out that back window to like reach the girl. Yeah. I've never seen someone use their helmet to break through glass, but I was like, oh, that makes sense for Nicolas Cage to do. Yeah. Down with it. So it explodes. We cut to like however many months later when he's at home suffering from ptsd now i do think controversial opinion alternate theory this is kind of like when when barbara got bit by a zombie in night of the living dead right page's alternate theory what if none of this movie happened and it is all hallucinations brought about by his ptsd that's plausible it is possible because the little girl looks the same and he's chasing that same girl this is just him working through his trauma yeah like it's him shutter islanding himself like it's that's why he's waking up from all those dreams we were we used to do special staffings for work before my new job and we would like talk about like how to like help this person or that person i'm like well, we're out of options. There's only one option we could do. I was like, we got to do a Shutter Island. <laughs> <laughs> we're short-staffed. How are we going to make it all look <laughs> real? I was like, no. Like, not at all. I was like, come on. <laughs> I've never seen Shutter Island. <laughs> I'm 50 years too late to really join in on, like, the horrific things psychiatry used to do to people. <laughs> I do like it. That's a time you, like, pine for. <laughs> Here's the thing about Shutter Island, though. Like, even in the most unethical practices of mental health care in the past, even then, they cared so little about their patients back then. The idea that they would create a Truman Show-level world for this one patient is fucking insane. It's so crazy. (laughs) That's all I want to do. I'm like, we have to Shutter Island them. They're like, no, that's... (laughs) (laughs) So can we spoil Shutter Island for you since it's like 30 years later, Todd? Yeah, if you haven't seen Shutter Island, go back in the past 20 years and get right. It's a horror movie. I don't watch horror movies. It's not a horror movie. It's not scary. They build the delusion and get all the staff to act like the people he's delusional about what to try to cure him yes and then at the end they're like it was an elaborate ruse <laughs> they do it through a dance number that's ballsy no but that would have been better <laughs> yeah, for me been great. at the end they just like light up a cigarette they're like got him doesn't <laughs> fix him in the end he chooses to get 
a lobotomy. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have to live oh like that. Okay, we got to move on. This is super dark. Like, <gasps> yeah. I don't really feel like that. I'm all about peer-reviewed ethical practice. I sure, just sure, sure. I know that. These are jokes. And at least he chose the lobotomy, not like Kennedy's sister. Right, exactly. And Ooh. I do think there's a reading of this film in which Nicolas Cage wakes up and he's in like a Sailor Moon style schoolgirl outfit and has to fight a giant dragon. But like, we can't talk about that. <laughs> that's all I want to talk about, though. <laughs> oh, have you never seen Sucker Punch? The other movie that's basically Shutter Island? No. I hate Sucker Punch. It's bad, but it's it does have Oscar Isaac in it. And Nicolas Cage in a Powderpuff Girls outfit? No, no, no. That's the reality they oh. descend into in Sucker Sorry. Punch. Okay, okay. Anyway, so we find him at his house. One of the other police officers come to, comes to deliver his mail, and she's kind of talking about how he's holding up, and she lets him know that they haven't found the bodies yet, and the car wasn't registered, so they don't know who those people were, and they may <laughs> never know. I did love that she was like, the car wasn't registered, and we couldn't find the bodies. And then he goes, do you know who they were? And she was like no bitch we didn't find any bodies and the car what i just said this why are you not listening to me this is why you're on leave (laughs) (laughs) hear me out what if this is a halloween three scenario and she's like we haven't found the bodies but we keep finding more machine parts Anyway, one of the letters that she hands him is hand delivered and it looks like it was not actually stamped. It doesn't have like a postage stamp on it. Yeah, which means someone like drove it to his mailbox. Yeah, and and it never fully explains it, although there's a part of me that's kind of suspected that one officer, the one who delivers the mail, just because she is a a blonde pretty lady who looks like the people who could have been on the island. So, okay, but she's in on the con, like she's a part of that cult and she just works as a police officer? That seems, I mean, maybe, I don't know. But I feel like the only way that cult functions is by having a few people that live on the outside specifically. Well, I guess they'd have to to give them resources and stuff like that. I, I mean, but why wouldn't you put a stamp on it and give it to the, the guy who flies your produce and shit back and forth? I mean, Todd, you are talking logical <laughs> to people who are illogical. This That's is fair. a Nicolas Cage film, yeah. I want you to know. This movie makes as much, if not slightly more sense than Face Off. So, like, <laughs> I just you? want you to weigh that as you think about this. Face Off makes complete sense. Face Off makes zero sense. I love at all. that fucking movie. I love that movie so much. Oh. I've watched it like three or four times in the past month just because it's been on TV on one of yeah, our yeah. like fancy Samsung yes. TV channels. And every time I come into it at like the same point where he's like, I want to take his face oh. off. And I'm like, this movie's <laughs> fucking bonkers, man. Listen, I'm pitching that as a rom com and we're going to do it for Romance in the Pot at some point. A face off <laughs> oh, rom com? No. So he opens the letter and he's like, and, and it reads in Willow's voice, but it's basically like, I'm sorry for leaving things badly, but I have a daughter and she's missing. Please come help find her. He has to have better boundaries. Like if uh, I've had a few women leave me <laughs> very dramatically, <laughs> it really hurt. And if they wrote me a letter that their daughter was missing years later, God dang it, I would go help. What is wrong with me? Mikey, okay, so Mikey, I was watching this with Natalie last night, and she was like, because in the scene, it is very much like a guy who just read the letter, and then Mikey, who is Nicolas Cage, like, I've got to go help my ex find her daughter. And then the the guy who was reading the letter is like telling him, no, you don't need to do that. And she was like, why do I think this is going to be you and Mikey in like eight years? (laughs) 
I have unresolved issues with abandonment, and I'm coming to save your children. <laughs> Please love me. Anyway, so because I'd seen this movie before and I remembered that it was his daughter, I was like, is he not doing basic math? I don't know about you guys. I guess this would never come up in my life, but I feel like if I was a person who could physically get people pregnant and they were like, hey, I have a daughter that's about as old as our breakup, I'd be like, I have questions. I can't do math at all until someone's like, I'm late. I'm like, <laughs> and then you become like Einstein on a black chalkboard using weird ass letters you just made up. This is impossible. I'm like, how much have you been exercising? Yeah, fuck you, science. <laughs> okay, so I had what I guess you could probably call a one night stand. She was in town for a training at work. <laughs> And she got it. All right. This is before Natalie and I were together, clearly. And I was showing a bunch of people that were there out about town. This is pre-COVID, obviously. So I took them downtown. It was a fun night. Anyway, it got a lot more fun. And then a month later, she calls me on the phone. And my (laughs) boss is in my office. And I I had her on my phone as her name, One Night Stand. And um, (laughs) I love this. And my boss is like, you might need to step out to take that phone call. (laughs) And I did. But she was just calling to say other, honestly, very sweet things to me. But it was, uh, I was very nervous when I saw her name pop up on the phone (laughs) almost a month to the day after the act. At this point in my life, I'd be like, I got a spare bedroom. Let's go. (laughs) I mean, but we were safe about it all. But like sometimes, you know, that shit doesn't work out. Sometimes precautions fail. But here's what I'm saying. If you were engaged to someone and then you broke up and then four years later they called you and were like, I have a four-year-old, you'd be like, how much do I owe you? Like, that's (laughs) how that goes. If you run away with the baby, I don't owe back child support. I don't think that's what the courts say, Mikey. That's not what the courts say. (laughs) You could just take your child and then get charged for it later? No. See, here's the thing. There would be some issues with them removing, depending on what their custody is, removing that child from... I'm sure it's a state by state thing, but yeah. Yeah, but that also doesn't mean that you get off for free. That's not free distance, baby. That's not how that works. Yeah, the only time you got off for free was when she got pregnant. She right. lied to me and stole my baby. I'm suing for full custody now. That's what I would be like. That's what you should do in yeah. your case specifically. Yeah, I mean, you did all the hard work of dumping it inside her. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, I dumped all of it. All of it. Like, it, all of it. All of it. I dumped all of it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. You guys are gross. It's like gack. No. Why gack? What are you eating in your life? So many wings. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking skinny little bitch. You can't have gack. You don't get to dump gack anywhere because you ain't eating the wing stuff like us. I don't dump dust in them like you, Todd. (laughs) We're on the all-wing-stop diet right now. Yeah. The place close to my house is called Wing Basket, and it's it sounds about as good as the name of it does. It, like, wants to be Wingstop so bad. And it's passable. It's fine. I ordered there three times last week. Well, you could have just ordered one if you had ordered the amount that an adult eats. I got a 10-piece. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I said an adult, not a children's meal. <laughs> the funny yeah. thing is, whenever we order, I get a 10-piece and Natalie gets a 17. Yeah, because she's right. <laughs> when, you, when it comes to wings, Todd, you have to eat more than the amount of wheels on the truck that killed your brother. So at least 20. <laughs> uh, the truck that killed my brother only had four wheels, Mikey. 
It was a Toyota. Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't an 18-wheeler? No. It wasn't an 18-wheeler th- that appeared out of the sky <laughs> from nowhere and then demolition derbied over the car? Free reign. When we do maximum overdrive, it's just you need to just schedule some extra therapy. I feel like that may be the only movie I can't do just because I'll be so triggered by the face on the front of that truck because it looks like my brother. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, after the truck? Oh, oh no. No, Mikey. My brother was the handsomest of all the boys in the family. Oof, I mean, bar the bar no. is not <laughs> that's so, set that's high. So <laughs> I saw an opening and Roast Brain was like, go through them, go between them, stay on target. Paige, deactivate your targeting computer. Use the force, Paige. That dumbass Todd <laughs> left the vents open. And then I dump all of my joke into it. Yeah, we're going to dump all <laughs> your joke into it. It's like a nine centimeter hole. How big was the hole in Star Wars? It wasn't fully dilated, if that's what you're getting at, Mikey. <laughs> I can tell you right now, we're never getting through this movie because we've been talking for an hour and we have talked about the movie for like six minutes of it this recording is where we live now i hope i get a girl pregnant so i could go to an OBGYN and be like so it's like if one of my x-wings went inside their death star and it created a baby and she's gonna be like young man do you need a helmet like i needed one for my dick (laughs) i thought you just used the cosby sweater yeah the cosby sweater turtleneck if you need to Oh my god. Okay, what scene are we on? Is he on the island? Do we No, we he's not on the, the island. island yet? No. He's reading the letter from Willow and not doing any math. I thought it was great where uh Willow was like, "Listen, Mad Mardigan stole my baby and you have to come help." Nobody. <laughs> nobody liked Willow. I'm laughing at you. Like Madman Mars? No, no Mad, Mad Mardigan. Mardigan. You know what, Mikey? If you had seen any Warwick Davis property, you'd be laughing your Willow. ass off right Oh, now. Willow. I mean, it's been a minute. (laughs) I mean, it's been a minute since I watched the original Star Wars, but I still knew the dilation level of that hole. We will not compare Willow to Star Wars. (laughs) So does he go to the island or what? Hold on. He goes to the police office and goes to his former partner. Is like, yo, I got this letter. There's no stamp. And you were the one who gave my mail to the other lady. So like, what's going on? He's like, this is obviously not a good idea. Yeah. He's like, did you gush inside her? If not, don't go. It's not your kid. And I'm like, this dude doesn't know how to do math either. Apparently. (laughs) What if she ran away because she got pregnant by another dude? I mean, she's chasing the island. He's chasing her. But who's (laughs) chasing Nicolas Cage? Everyone. Bees on that island is chasing Nicolas Cage. Just a bread truck full of bees. <laughs> Welcome to our 10-part series on Wicker Man. He does say that all he was able to find was basically like a health food website where they're like supplying a health food chain with produce from the island. They should have known it was a cult right then. There are, there are a lot of cults that own health food change by, chains, by the way. That's, that's a very real thing. Yeah. Last time I was at Yellow Deli, they had some spelt sourdough that was like chef's kiss. And now I have to learn how to make it, but I can't find any spelt flour we're off topic anyway just clean it up <laughs> not spilled flour mikey spelt is a, spelt. a kind of grain he's only ever read that word i've never read that word <laughs> shit dog i spelt it yeah <laughs> i need a drink it's spelt everywhere <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I dumped it all in me. So his partner's like, well, do some digging first. You shouldn't go out there. This isn't responsibility. Like, don't go. And he's like, I'm going to go. He immediately takes the ferry there. And we establish that it's a private island uh, off Puget Sound in Washington. But it's called Summer Isle, which is the exact same name of the island yes. from the other, the 1973 version. But that's in Scotland, right? Fun fact the original is Summer Isle. This movie is Summer's Isle, which is a very minor change, but they thought it'd be easier for Americans to say it. I'm like, we didn't have what? any trouble saying Summer Isle, right? It's, it's easier for me. Summer's okay. Isle is easier than Summer Isle? Like, if you played that in Scrabble, I would assume you were cheating. I'm like, you just had an extra S. Well, no, it's just, you know, you meet a girl, you spelt it all in her, and then you got to go to Summer's Isle. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but I'd be like, no, this island is dun 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 and then this other island is dun 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 such a strange and awesome reference oh vanilla ice ripping off one letter of difference yeah ripping off queen yep yep so good anyway so he like immediately takes the ferry there and he thinks he sees the girl from both the car explosion which also looks like Rowan, the picture he has he thinks he sees her on the ferry um but literally no sooner has he seen her that like flying truck on the ferry takes her out yeah. and it's revealed to be a dream but like it's such you're not ready for it and you're just you're like, not ready for it what the fuck truck. there's an 18 wheeler on the ferry like what is the free range 18 wheeler yeah it's everywhere <laughs> the freest range that 18 wheeler gets around yeah, I mean, up in Washington, you know they got those orcas, so it just, like, arcs out of the ocean and mm-hmm. takes her out. Is it like a truck, like, arcing out of the ocean <laughs> yeah. like an orca whale? Like, with, with, like just, like, the little girl in? underneath with her hand <laughs> in the air, like, yeah. Except the truck sound is like, Hoo. <laughs> Hoo. Hold me like an 18-wheeler. <laughs> nope, nobody knows the free wheeler theme? Okay, cool. I remember the three really. I hate that. I and now then so say to thee, truck on your face. But they told me. Okay. I love that Jake just came in and closed the door. <laughs> he was like, I love you, babe, but I can't do this tonight. I can't. I can't do this. I'm going to text him that there's soup so he'll not be as annoyed. Just text him, hey, there's soup. Dump it all in you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that I say some things and they never go away. I want to be honest with you. I don't. Yes. Don't please, it all in you. Please send that text. Oh my God. Okay. So she did send that text. Hey, hun, there's soup. Dump it all in you. And I can't wait to mm-hmm. see what he says in reply. We'll find out. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> he arrives at a dock, I would assume on a larger island that would then take him over to Summer's Isle. Yeah. He talks to a guy. Uh, in a seaplane and Harrison Ford is like not having it. He's like, I'm not flying you to this other island unless you bang me. <laughs> and he's like, how about $700? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's basically what happened. He yeah. bribes his way onto the island. Okay, so what are the presidents he names? Ulysses and his twin brother Grant, which is just two $50 bills. Right. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. that's not enough for him to take you i mean he's going anyway as an extra hundred bucks yeah but he does get murdered for that later yeah he does get murdered for those presidential flashcards yeah so 
He lands the plane off the coast of the island and makes Nicolas Cage like half swim, half hike. Like he, yeah. like the dock is right there and he doesn't take it, which I think is very funny. I thought it was very funny too. And Nicolas Cage doesn't even take his shoes off or roll his pants up. He's like, fuck it. I'll ruin these leather <laughs> shoes and slacks. Time to trudge through the water like I trudge through the rest of this movie. He's a go-getter. Go get her. He's a slow getter. Oh. <laughs> Did he respond, Paige? So he has responded, don't tell me what to do. I was doing that anyway. (laughs) Dump it all in (laughs) you. So uh, the plane flies away. He hikes through the forest and thus begins something very strange in this movie that I did not remember from watching it originally, where, you know, in haunted house movies, you've got like the ghost whispering sound. Yes, that, like yeah. this movie has that the whole time, but yeah. it's not a haunted movie. It's not <laughs> like, at all. It's just people doing shit. Yeah, there's no yeah. dead people haunting. It's a subspecies of cricket that's only on Summer's Isle. And when they rub their legs together, it just makes like, yeah, a whisper sh- sound. Yeah, yeah. They're called bees. Uh, <laughs> that checks out. Anyway, so he runs into some locals on the path once he kind of gets closer into the village, and they're just like, "Bye, you should not be here." Right. And he's like, no, I'm a police officer. And they're just like, don't give a fuck. Uh, if you ain't got a warrant, like, I've got my keys. What's the th- <laughs> something in the car and the keys in the back? And if you want to check that, you'll need a warrant for that. So my glove compartment's locked, so it's the trunk in the back. And I know my rights, so you're going to need a warrant for that. Yes. Yeah, that's what yeah, it yeah. is. And they're just like, bye. And he's like, no, there's a missing child. And I'm a cop from California. And they're like, well, this is Washington, dumbass. <laughs> like- and a private island. You can't just do anything you want on a <laughs> private island. As Jeffrey Epstein and Gil. Lane Maxwell found out pretty recently. You don't get to just do anything on a private island. But yeah, I mean, like, he's from California. They're in Washington. Like, there's nothing he can do legally as a cop here. Yeah. Yeah. But after he kind of explains he's there to see Willow, they're like, oh, Willow, yeah, I guess you could go talk to her. But they're wrestling this, like, giant bag that's definitely, it seems like a body. Like, something's moving in it. It's dripping blood. And then he (laughs) says... He says, what's in the bag? A shark? And I was like, that's the worst guess. Like, (laughs) you could have guessed U2's lead singer Bono and probably been closer than shark. Well, we don't know. We don't get to see into it. We never find out. And then there's a part of me that's like, was it a shark? It was. But we never find out. (laughs) We never find out. Well, that's the same bag that he's in at the very end of this movie. I know. But then I'm like, who were they killing, though? Oh, I don't know, but it's the wicker bag. Wicker no, it wasn't. Bag. It was a. It was a definitely a cloth, like a linen. Bag. It's a burlap sack. I know, for sure. but I mean, like it's the bag you use to carry the man to the wicker man. Yeah. If you want to keep your wicker man, you got to get that wicker bag. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> don't ignore the wicker sack. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies of Summer Isle, and there are a ton of them. Well, it's because it's a lot like a bee, a beehive. That would be the opposite. There's like one queen. What? No, no, no. There's one queen, but all the males are basically just breeding machines, and all of the females that are not the queen still live, but they're the worker bees. Girls, if you're listening to me out there, you are my queen, and I am a breeding machine. And he's going to eat all your jelly. Uh And he is ready to dump it all in you. I'm going to dump so much of it in there that colony collapse disorder is definitely going to be happening. (laughs) How long has it been for you, Mikey? Two days. <laughs> Have you been edging straight for two days? Like, why is it so much? Because it's Gak. It's straight up Gak. No, he's just Superman. It's just going to blast through Lois Lane's back like a shotgun. 
It's <laughs> <laughs> that Wingstop. Hey, fellas, are you feeling like you can't please your woman? Wingstop. <laughs> Make it gack. Get the magic back. Wingstop. <laughs> yeah. Make it gack. Get the magic back. <laughs> Wingstop. Is the best I've ever heard. Oh, we're ready for our sponsorship, Wingstop. Bring it to us. Honestly, you don't even have to pay us. I just want free wings. Yeah. Yeah. Pay, pay us in it. wings. Open up a Wingstop close to me so I can patronize your business. I have two Wingstops close to me. I am ready to receive you. <laughs> <laughs> Assume the position. Mouth open, gack out. <laughs> this is the grossest we've ever been. Anyway, so it's maybe a shark. We never know. And he goes up to, I think they say mating house, but in the subtitles it said mating house. Oh, I heard mating house. Like what Mikey's place is called. That's right. Also, this movie teases something that I hate. Where they're like, we don't have pictures of the mating ritual because it's so dirty. And then we never, it never pays off. We never see it. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's a lot like what happened in that one scene in Midsommar with the like... Ah, uh, uh, yeah, that's exactly the sound they made. Why deprive me? Like I don't understand. <laughs> that's the part of this movie that could have been horny, and Mikey yeah. wanted that. This movie like tiptoes around the original horniness of the original. Yeah, which I think is a mistake. Yeah, hundred percent. You got to lean into that, like that lady on the wall while she was singing to him. Oh man, that part of the original movie is so bonkers. Oh yeah, that's true. That's what we needed. We needed the landlord's daughter. I don't really care about that lady. I needed Nicolas Cage like up against the wall, like his side <laughs> like of that. Wedding bullets. Yes. Oh my God. That would be so funny. I'm sorry. I'm just picturing him shouting at his crotch like, how to get hard. How, how to, to get, get hard. hard. How to get hard. He needs some wing stuff. <laughs> how to get gack. Wing stuff. How to get gack. Anyway, he goes up to the mating house where he encounters Sister Beach, who has the craziest line delivery in this yeah. entire film. It is like she's reading cue cards the whole movie. Yeah. And it, it is wild where she's just like well we can manage to put you up i guess we'll have to and you're just like what like who is she talking to she's not making eye contact with anybody (laughs) your eye lines are bonkers in this movie (laughs) bonkers so willow takes his stuff upstairs and i think this is when she goes through his stuff and maybe unloads his gun yeah always keep it on you you don't want to end up shooting blanks when you could be slanging gas with that wing stop dick I'm never going to look at Gak the same again. There's only one option for me, and that's bone in, lady. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. I'm getting hungry, though, for real. I'm like, damn, Wingstop sounds so good. No, but okay, if you're going to an island to hunt down a missing person on like a weird island, you're not going to put your gun on your carry-on, right? I mean, like, you're going to be like, there could be killers everywhere. Like, I would shoot everybody. Well, I mean, not shoot them first, but I mean, like... <laughs> Mikey's proposing that Nicolas Cage come on this island strapped and using his gun first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, He would prefer that he, like, repels into the room and just AKs everybody. Immediately, like, when he walks up from the beach onto the island and those ladies are like, what are you doing here? Mikey would just hose them down with Gak. Where's my daughter? Where is she? (laughs) You know what this movie needed? Because it has some great punches in it. It needs some neck snaps. You feel me? Mm -hmm. Just like a jump, snap the neck and keep moving. Yeah. Anyway, so he asks everyone there if they've seen 
Steve Rowan. Everyone denies that she exists. He gets up to the room where he's talking about Willow and Willow is basically like, we'll talk later. Meanwhile, a bee flies into the room while he's drinking mead and he smashes it because he's allergic to bees. And all the women are like, <gasps> right. How dare you? He's like, well, I'm allergic. And they're like, we're <laughs> allergic to you and your man stink, you man. Nicolas Cage is just toxic masculinity all over this movie like the whole time. And it is so funny. Yeah. It's pretty great. It is. The island is also toxic. I mean, there was just really, there's, everyone's bad. It's not egalitarian. That's what I will say. Well, I'm not saying the women on the island are like the heroes of this movie. I am saying there are no heroes in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to root for one of the CHP. I want a movie. I want it die hard-esque. I want it like. For you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. Where this like toxic masculine dude comes over there and is accidentally what he needs to be done, and everybody's like, "God, you're such a dick!" But like, it was an island of killer women. Like, I don't understand. You know, like, I don't know. I mean, why in Mikey's rewrite is the terrible man the hero in the movie, and the women are like the villains? Well, in Mikey's defense, they are killing people. <laughs> Yeah, like this is one of those things where like this is also like like Midsommar where it's like you want to be like good for her. But at the same time, that cult is fully going to kill her. Like it it is still a cult like this. There's maybe not a great scenario. Oh, yeah. Like no one wins in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. The bees. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, so he does end up meeting back up with Willow in the in the woods. And my favorite is one of the first things he says is like, yeah, usually people give back the ring when they leave. <laughs> he came like, in hot, Paige. It was expensive. It was expensive <laughs> ring. That was two months salary, you bitch. <laughs> I do want to say that <laughs> when I was watching this with Natalie, she said unprovoked. Oh, no, th- you have no obligation to give the ring back. The ring is a gift. And I was like, oh, oh that's no, good to know. Not. The ring is a promise. <laughs> I feel like I would not be comfortable keeping the ring. I, I feel like I would have to give it back if that happened. I think you can sue them for the ring. I think that's happened. I don't know if you can or not. She actually said the same thing, Paige. She was like, I mean, I wouldn't keep it because that's weird, but. Well, and, and also this sounds terrible, but as as a guy, depending on where you bought the ring, you may not be able to get anything for it, at least not nearly what you paid for it's it. It's the principal, page. The principal. Yeah, no, no, Absolutely. I'm just advocating for like, hey, shop for rings together. <laughs> like, get a little <laughs> further down the road and then decide on rings. Well, she's wearing his around her neck. Anyway, so they have this whole conversation and he's like, why did you leave? And she does not give him any answers to anything. I would not get past it. No. I know how I communicate and I would not make it past this conversation. I'd be like, I'm leaving the aisle. If you do not tell me why you left, I am leaving the aisle. Well, and I I wrote down her dialogue here because he's asking her like hard questions and her questions are, look, it it was a long time ago. So what? Why do we do anything? Like those are her lines. Like, Why do you do anything? I would have shoved her off that cliff and been like, (laughs) shit, I murdered someone on Summer's Isle. But then that would see that's the movie. He murders her in a crime of passion. Then the rest of the cult's like, you figured it out. And he's like, yes, I yes. did figure I something out. out. What if you all told me what I already figured out so we know we're on the same page about what I figured out? What if you dumped all of your knowledge into me? <laughs> we 
lured you here to kill you. Oh my God, thank God. Thank God. I knew that. Yeah. It's like the children of the corn scene we didn't get where he was like super excited where he finds out that they're like in a cult and he's okay to have killed them because he's already oh, killed shit. a few. Yeah. How funny would that be though? But yes, I couldn't get past this conversation. I don't think I'd murder her. But also in this conversation, she still hasn't told him that Rowan's his daughter and he's still not doing basic math. And I'm just like, bro, calendars are free on your phone. He's super worried about that ring. Yeah. I mean, I almost feel like if she had given it back, he'd have been like, cool, I'm leaving. <laughs> great. Bye. Well, just like my painting, it was his great grandmother's ring. <laughs> My grandfather gave this to my grandmother after dumping it all in her and you had the nerve to not give it back. So we get back to the mating house where he's going through a suitcase. This is when he notices stuff is missing, but he also has EpiPens and uh, he kind of peeks out into what's happening downstairs. And it's a group of the older women in the village and they're talking about being ready for death and rebirth, the Wicker Man's return. But two of them are talking in unison and I would have to leave immediately if that happened. It's because they're blind twins. Right. You see them a couple other places in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, but that's terrifying. It's like they're just out of nowhere talking in unison all the time it's some Macbeth level shit yeah. you know like if you walk walked up on a group of old ladies having brunch and they're just like hail hail Thane of Cawdor and you just be like no I'm gonna Kool-Aid man my way out <laughs> you'd be like oh no <laughs> oh no uh, but he does track down Lily Sobieski and he's like, hey, I'm, I'm missing some tapes. They're his self-help tapes and a few other things out of, of my bag. And she just goes, don't worry, everything's OK. And just walks away. And I'm like, that's not an answer either. No, they're so bad at hiding this. I know. On yeah. this island. I would have I would have been like, it's time for me to burn this place down. Here's the thing. At least in, in Midsommar, there's a language barrier. And so you could be like, well, maybe they didn't understand because they, they don't speak our language. And this one is like, no, they're just in Washington. Yeah, you can't be like, oh, no, it's the ancestral tree. It's like you could have said that we all speak English. Yeah, there's like many points where I was like, he should just start attacking everyone here. (laughs) Mikey, violence is not the answer. Wingstop is. We're both is the answer. Coming to Wingstop, our new three blazed flavor violence. You know how you work up a good appetite? Murdering in private island of murderers. Anyway, uh, we cut to him having a weird dream, and it's the same like girl in the car, girl on the ferry, truck from the sky, orca truck arcing out of the ocean. Orca truck. (laughs) Yeah. Free wheelie. Oh, (laughs) hell yeah. Anyway, so he wakes up in the dream and he thinks he hears Rowan downstairs and he sees what looks like Rowan running through the garden. So he goes down after her and runs through the spooky woods to the barn full of animals. He finds what he thinks is her jacket, but is not because he does find her sweater later. Yeah. Um, But he kind of crashes through part of the barn floor And he just trudges through the woods this whole time and like doesn't find her. He does find some baskets of fruit and other things that they're going to use for the sacrifice later. We realize later. Well, that barn full of animals, they're probably the animals you see in the wicker man later at the end of the movie. Yep. But here's the thing. All of this is fruitless. He finds nothing. You just told us he found fruit. (laughs) (laughs) It's 15 minutes of him wandering around in the woods for no reason. Yeah. They call this padding the (laughs) runtime. Yes. Yeah. Okay. At what point do you think if you were having a bunch of nightmares about the same looking girl, would you be like, maybe 
maybe this girl's not real. Like maybe I'm having an episode. Like well, maybe like, I've Shutter Island myself. Yeah, <laughs> um, I I don't know. I I've never experienced that. I don't know either. I, I mean, I know it's hard to have insight into that stuff, but like he's having repeated nightmares about a little girl. I would look through and see if it was a girl that I knew from somewhere else. Like it was just someone I had seen and my brain is kind of just like placing that person. Oh, that's why he needs that wedding ring. It's his totem. <laughs> it's going to take him back in time to the Christmas carnival <laughs> or through the stones, whatever. Choose your time travel analogy. So the next morning at breakfast, He's trying to put honey in his coffee and he realizes they have store-bought honey, even though there's tons of bees all over the island. And then he gives Lily Sobieski a, like shit about it. He's like, you're giving yeah. me store-bought when you guys make it here? And she's like, I just work here, man. <laughs> yeah. I love that response from her. I don't milk the bees myself. <laughs> I don't think you suck it out of their stinger, Paige. I think that's how it works. I'm not a farmer, Todd. I don't know. Well, you better get your ass to the apiary. Sorry. I would love to have an apiary <laughs> someday if I had enough enough yard. It'd be very cool. Why would you want to raise apes? Oh, my God. An apiary is a series of hives for both pollination, bee preservation, and honey production. You're welcome. So he does at this point see the scene that exists in Wicker Man, Midsummer, anything with a cult, where it's pictures of the May Queen. Yeah. We have seen this scene so many times. Yeah. And he asks about it, and this is where he's told that they don't take any pictures of the Festival of Fertility, which like, boo, show me them titties. (laughs) Right? He's like, ah, those are the only pictures I want to see. Yeah, let them hang. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so he asks them what happens to last year's, because of course last year's is missing, and they say that it broke. I love how she's like, it broke. Don't ask about it. Like her line delivery is so wild. Like who wouldn't get their gun immediately? I'm like, this place is weird. I'm gonna get a gun. Everyone, Mikey, a broken picture is not a reason to shoot everyone. (laughs) Maybe not where you live, out in California. (laughs) I would be like, I'd be like, this is still America, and I have a constitutional right to have this weapon. Well, I do want to point out at the end of this movie, as he's like in costume, he is exercising his right to bear arms. Bear arms. Yeah. (laughs) That's what he's punching people because he's got the right. Well, then that settles it. I have no problem with this movie. (laughs) It's perfect. Honestly, no notes, Nicholas. No notes. (laughs) No notes. Uh, He goes outside where Lily Sobieski is chopping wood to cope with her feelings. Yes. And (laughs) she tells him that Willow has gone up to the village school to bring them lunch. And he asks her, like, what's happening the day after tomorrow? We find out that it's May 1st, which if you know your pagan rituals, you're like, oh, May Day. Got it. Yeah. So she says, when you leave, will you take me with you? And he just kind of nods and then ghosts her immediately. He's like, yeah, of course I will. What the fuck? That's the right response (laughs) when Lili Tobolesky asks you to take her home immediately. A hundred percent. Yeah. You don't want to cause a scene, Mikey. So you're like, yeah, of course I will. Uh, no, I don't need your number. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna keep walking. Yeah. I'll, I'll come back. It, I'll come back. You and Paige text me, and you're like, "Where'd you go?" And I'll be like, "I Ubered out of there." Lily Sobolewski <laughs> said she wanted to come over. <laughs> I said yes and nodded at her. I said, "I'd be right back," but I'm not. I'm going home. Yeah. So he goes through the woods. Yes. To try and get to the school, and he hears the whisper voices again, which again is weird because nothing is haunted. It's just a weird. It's the black smoke monster from Lost. Don't worry about it. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> he gets to the school and there's a maypole outside, which is a callback to the one in the 1970s. And then it literally is almost line for line the same scene as the one in the 70s. Yes, it is. The only difference is she asks, what does man represent in his purest form? And they say phallic symbol instead of the maypole. 
but that's that doesn't make sense like as an answer to the question like i get that they were trying to like flip it for their own plot but it doesn't make sense right (laughs) yeah and they change it from in the original there's a bug tied inside that one desk and in this one there's just a full-ass crow that they trapped in a desk a live crow they put in a desk and it's just been there all day like yeah how was that crow not dead and it's just like never more oh no wait that's a raven Ah. i want to know how they trapped it in the first place you ever try to catch a crow (laughs) <laughs> on account of them crows <laughs> I did like Nicolas Cage's reaction to this He's like why would you let them do this <laughs> The crow is just in the classroom By the way it does not leave It just no. goes up into the rafters like Mr. Jones and me <laughs> Tell each other Wicked tales <laughs> Anyway so He gets in the argument with the teacher She eventually gets him outside And is like I'll talk to you out there She's fucking dead dude quit bringing it up And she does the whole thing, same thing as the one in the 1970s, where she's like, we wouldn't say so. She has gone back into the earth. And he says, well, how did she die? And she says, she'll burn to death. Present yeah. tense. And he says, what did you say? And she says, precisely what I meant to. She burned to death. Past tense. Yeah. So we cut back to the woods. He tries his cell phone. He has no cell service. And he sees a bunch of boys working in the woods, gathering wood and logs for... The wicker man. Yeah. And kind of talks for a second to the woman who's kind of overseeing them. But it's pretty clear as we're kind of going through the island that like they're educating the women, children, the female presenting children. Yeah. And then making the male children work like and not necessarily treating them as the same level of citizens within the society. I got the impression that the the men children, the you know masculine presenting children were like the laborers. Like they were the ones yes. that were like doing the farming, doing the construction, all that stuff, right? Mhm. And the the female ones are the ones that they're sending out into the world to capture the seeds to plant <laughs> them in their wombs. They're the fishers of men, you might say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they are flirty fishing. That's yes. exactly what they're doing. Yes. Well-known cult tactic. This cult sucks because, like, even the laborers don't even like they don't even get to have like sex and breed the women or whatever. I'm sure some. Yeah, of them I bet do. some of them do. But in order to prevent like incest, yeah. they would have to go out and get foreign seed. Which what am is, I is saying? Same, what is my life? <laughs> but it's the same thing as as Midsommar, where it's like, yeah. y- without bringing in strangers, you would end up with incest and, and problems with inbreeding, and that's why they send people out. Yes. Anyway, he meets up with Willow in the churchyard where allegedly Rowan's grave is, and Willow is like, yeah, that's not her grave. They put it there, but it's not hers, and there's a crypt over here, but it's flooded, but people are saying that she doesn't exist, and I don't believe it. I know they took her They want to hurt her. And it's because I ran off that one time. And she basically is like, everyone's saying I'm crazy, but like our daughter's going to be okay. And this is the first time she tells him like, by the way, it's your daughter. And it changes absolutely nothing about how he's searching for her. Yeah. (laughs) Like he's, he's like, whoa, weird. Anyway, back to this. <laughs> like, it doesn't change at all. Like, Whatever. It's pretty funny. So he, at this point, is trying to like get details from Willow. They like go back to the house, and Willow has like no details for him. She has no pictures. She has no information. She's being deliberately 
unhelpful. Right. And as he's looking around her room and looking at the desk where she used to draw, he looks underneath and someone has scribbled what looks like a wicker man and text that says, help me under the desk. I do love how he's like, have you seen this? This is disturbing shit. Yeah, this is fucking scary. And yeah. she like just glosses over it like it's nothing. She's a teacher. She sees some shit. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably because she scribbled that. Yeah, or it's probably because she has watched someone die that way before and she was just drawing what she saw. Yeah. And the person that she watched die yelled, help me. Absolutely, yeah. Anyway, he decides that he needs to get out to the plane to get the radio. So he runs across the whole damn island to get to that dock. The pilot's not there, but the plane is. There's no self cell service. He thinks he sees Rowan tied under the dock, like clearly dead and drowned. So he dives in, swims up under, and then wakes up because it was a dream, and then wakes up again holding her body because it's an inception dream within a dream. (laughs) And then he wakes up again from that dream, dives in and swims to the plane where he's unable to find and use the radio. Right. So he swims back. He goes to Dr. Moss's house, who's the photographer. And he's like, you take the festival photography every year. Can you reprint me one? And she agrees to. But while he's in her house, he notices a book called Rituals of the Ancients and a few other things around her house that are ooky spooky and suspicious. So he goes around the back of the house and hides and waits for her to leave and then sneaks back into her house where he reads about fertility festivals and essentially the Wicker Man Festival. So this replaces that library scene from the first movie um then he goes through her house where there's like a room full of like babies and jars it was was a lot of like blood diner level jar action (laughs) except none of the jars were talking but yeah yeah none of them were a misogynist uncle but they were a lot of babies and jars yeah not on summer's aisle yeah no that's true It it would be like a cougar auntie who's just like you gotta kill him to make the feast so i can make boom boom with the devil and they're just like oh no auntie why Why did we need to open a diner for this? Because I need lip fillers. (laughs) Just pouring them into the jar. (laughs) Is it working? Anyway, he then goes into her dark room where he finds the photos of Rowan. And on on the back of the picture of Rowan, it just says, worst harvest on record. (laughs) (laughs) And in my notes, I just have voted least likely to have apples. (laughs) It was very mean girls. Like, worst period, harvest period, ever Mm -hmm. period. It was their burn book. (laughs) (laughs) stop trying to make harvest happen rowan it's not gonna happen do not trust her she is a fuggly harvest (laughs) made out with a bee that was one time (laughs) it stung me i told you guys it was it stung me i wasn't kissing it anyway he goes back to willow's house with the picture and he's like why didn't you tell me about this and she was like i don't know it didn't seem important and i'm like it's the most important yeah. clearly. clearly like now i mean because we had just watched the original wicker man recently i knew that like willow was like in on it from the beginning right right, right. natalie has not seen any of the wicker man she was unfamiliar and at this point she was like Oh, Willow is 100% in on whatever is happening here. Yes. Yeah. Because she's doing a terrible job trying to like pretend to be on his side at all. She's doing a bad job pretending to be conscious. I can't tell (laughs) if she likes Nicolas Cage or not, but there's like a section at the end of the movie when they're burning the Wicker Man and she's like, the germ must die. That's how she cries. That's her as a weeping Willow. Oh, 
Wow. Paige is now flicking Mikey off on Zoom. <laughs> I mean, she does handle him like she hates him. Like She's like, I can't believe I let you dump it all inside me. <laughs> to make our beautiful daughter who looks nothing like you. <clears throat> Why'd you leave me? Does she give him the ring? No. No. Mikey. She would have then had to just fish it out of the ashes later on. Yeah. And she's like, I should have stayed with you. And he's like, well, if you liked it, then you should put a ring. <laughs> anyway, so he decides he's going to go see Sister Summer's Isle. On the way, he runs into some of the younger boys trying to stack logs and they fall and he kind of like pushes one of them out the way. The boys are so dumb. Can't even stack logs. Fucking <laughs> logs. Uh, but they won't even talk to him. And they don't delve into this deeper, but none of them seem able to talk. And I don't know if it's a case of they were never taught to speak. I feel like eventually just living in a society, you would learn. Yeah. So I think their tongues have been cut That's out. That's what I think. I thought so too. Yeah. yeah. But that's also very bad for a male subservient society. <laughs> I know, that's right? true, yeah. man. You got to keep the tongues. Bad call, Summer's Isle. Bad call. Anyway, so he bikes to Summer's Isle where there's hella bees. Although the hives are pretty cool looking because they're like old style hives. Yeah, they are dope. Yeah, they're cool. They're pretty cool. Uh, but he's got to run from the bees through the hexagonal fields that look like a honeycomb. And he gets stung and starts coughing and starts suffering from anaphylaxis. And he has his EpiPen, but he can't quite get to it in time. And as he passes out, he sees Rowan and again relives the truck in the station wagon <laughs> and the 18 orca wheeler uh, freewheelie, if you will. And he sees a car full of bees because apparently Candyman is also in this. And so he then wakes up. You know what I needed? And this is such a yes. super niche reference. There's a mm. scene in the movie The Nice Guys, which I love and no one saw. I but love that Where movie. Hannibal Burris voices a sentient bee during a dream sequence and he's like talking to ryan gosling about how cars can drive themselves or whatever it's a very funny scene i needed that during this dream like a sentient <laughs> bee voiced by hannibal burris talking to nicholas cage i mean honestly anything voiced by hannibal I know, burris I is it. an improvement <laughs> what i needed was mr summer's isle to be jerry seinfeld <laughs> From the B movie, who was having sex with those women and impregnating them. Isn't that what happens in B movie? They have like a kid. Him and a human woman have a kid in the B movie. What? Have you not? And I thought him of? dating a seventeen-year-old was bad shit. He plays a bee, and a woman and him fall in love and have a child. I thought you could only use your stinger once as a bee. Not if you're a wasp. <laughs> But I thought he was a bee. It's not the wasp movie, Mikey. It's the wasp movie. <laughs> <laughs> the wet ass pussy movie? Yeah. She's like, oh, that bee does it for me. I gotta get <laughs> gack. Gotta get gack. Now I'm just going black eyed peas with it. Gotta get that boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Anyway, so he wakes up and the doctor has cured his anaphylaxis, allegedly with, quote unquote, the old ways. We don't know what ways those were. I needed a cutaway at that moment to his like used EpiPen. That yeah, was hilarious. Same. I used magic. I needed a cutaway to Halloween 3 near Stonehenge where he's like, we had a bitch of a time curing your anaphylaxis. It's a whole story. Anyway, like not telling you. He's helicoptered off to the mainland and then helicoptered back. Back. Oh, man. But basically they reveal that 
you know, Sister Summer's Isle's been there waiting for him yeah. and she's expecting you. So he goes out to talk to her and they basically argue about her religion for like 20 minutes. But also she's like, oh, we fully kill people, though. Yeah. Like she tells yeah. him and he's like, that's murder. She's like, I don't see it that way. <laughs> she's like, let's just agree to disagree. It's like, well, no, I mean, if even if they're willing, it's still murder. And she's like, I don't think that's right. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that's what that is. Uh, but she does tell the story of how they got there, how they came over from Europe, which explains some of the Euro-pagan stuff that we see as part of their belief system. Right. And her ancestors settled near Salem, which is like the worst place to be if you're going to be doing this kind of shit. But it's just, it's just a nod to the Vich trials. Yeah. And so they migrate west. They end up at this island about four generations ago. And she also does clarify that men are considered kind of subservient. They are breeders in the colony and they really only procreate for the goddess. There's not really love relationships, which like I'm I'm way too fucking straight for this shit. I couldn't live there. <laughs> It'd be bad. Yeah. And he basically just ends up yelling at her. He's like, you wackos, murderous murder. <laughs> Uh, which is a line from this movie. But then she like puts her arm through his and she's like, let's just walk and talk. It's such a lovely day. It's a lovely day. And she does give him permission to open Rowan's grave to basically see what's in it. And he's all like, you seem really calm for someone who just agreed to let me exhume a body. And she's like, yeah, because I know it's a burnt doll in there. Like we, you're not going to find what you're looking for, you moron, but have fun digging it up. At what point would you leave this island? I would have oh, left right now. before I got there. Like, I would not have gone <laughs> at all. Like, if that kid is not mine, there's no reason for me to go. Yeah. I've had some pretty traumatic type breakups, Mikey, like you have. And if one of my exes was like, hey, I got pregnant and one of my kids is like missing, I'd be like, well, you shouldn't have cheated on me. <laughs> Damn. I think I would have left. You think you would have left, Mikey? I would have left after I <laughs> fell through the barn and put a hole in there because I'd be too embarrassed about it. <laughs> you couldn't tell anybody. You'd have to murder everyone on the island just to not let them find out about the hole. <laughs> you like wake up the next day and you walk by the barn and you're like, oh my God, who did that? That's- <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I would stay just long enough to be like, oh, oh, you guys don't want me to be here overnight. Don't worry about it. I will be on my way. But first, can I buy some of that organic honey and mead? And then I'll just peace out. And they'd be like, oh, blessing, sister. And I'd be like, yeah, I've got honey for ricotta toast tomorrow. And then I'd be like, what, kid? I would have pulled my nine, said, give me back that wedding ring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm swimming back with the ring tonight. Yeah. I'm taking the ring and I'm taking honey. I'm going to shoot as many people as possible on this island. I should tell me why you left me. Yeah. And you're going to be like, well, murder apparently isn't murder here. <laughs> oh, yeah. If there's no law then I can do whatever I want. I just pull a gun. <laughs> oh, man. OK, so he goes to dig up the grave on his own and he just finds the burned doll. And as he walks over to the churchyard, he hears crying seemingly coming from the crypt, which is now unlocked yikes he goes down into the crypt and he has what is i would assume a dream sequence again with bees buzzing and people disappearing into piles of bees yeah and he climbs into like the flooded part of the crypt 
And there's like barely any headspace in there. Yeah. Like he holds on all night. And I'm like, how would Willow have been there? Like, why would you have climbed down? <laughs> like, she couldn't be yelling at you from underwater, you idiot. Like, what is happening? I mean, we already know at this point in the movie that he is an idiot. Yeah. So yeah. this did not bother me at all. I was like, this all checks out. Nope. And Willow comes to find him the next morning and he's like, I found her sweater. She was here and I want to show you something else. And he climbs out and picks up the doll. Now, mind you, that doll is along the path, which means she passed it on the way in and she's Willow's mother. So she would have been like, oh, weird, that burned doll. Who's in the crypt? Like, clearly she would have seen it. <laughs> but this is where we get the like, tell me how to get burned, how to get burned, how to get burned. I love this scene so much because he is losing his shit. He finally gets to like the Nicolas Cage we know and love. Yeah, that's the peak that he reaches. But the thing is, Paige, I needed him at this level at the very beginning and then he needed to amp it up like crank style at the end that's the level i would be in i would be in that level yeah as soon as she was like people leave people there's no there's really no reason why i left you and i'm not giving the rain back i would never let it go i would lose my shit for the rest of the trip i can just picture mikey walking away from that like wood scene where she doesn't give the ring back and he's just like out of nowhere being like can't believe she wouldn't give the ring back. Like talking to nobody, but walking back to the house. <laughs> yeah. Like, like that's exactly what I'd be doing. I I'd be like back at the mating house. I'd be like, oh, uh, so what? The customer around here is the take engagement ring. He's not giving back. <laughs> you guys know why she came back or why she left me. Let me tell you about our story. Our beautiful love story. We were going to get married. And they'd be like, weren't you looking for a girl? No, I'm looking for closure. <laughs> <laughs> so he walks past the Summer's Isle house. And I, I think it's because I just watched Troy like a few days days ago. Me too, Paige. Yeah, because he's like, Summer's Isle! And I was like, Hector! <laughs> Hector! So he finds an, he breaks into her house, into yeah. Sister Summer's Isle's house, and he finds like, an old man in a bed with like a missing eye and then like a nipple in the middle of his chest. It was very I upsetting. Yeah. I got the impression he was a breeder. I assumed so That's as exactly well. That's exactly the worst guy to pick as your breeder. I know, That's but like, why else would he be there? Like, I assume naked under them sheets. They're like, the chest nipple is the most milkful of nipples. <laughs> <laughs> His third nipple means lots of gag. He, he, he can squeeze the future out of it. Uh, <laughs> so he's sorry. the Kwisak nipple rock? <laughs> Yeah, he's the Kwisak nipple rock. I do love it as he's like going through the and opening the doors. They're hexagonal like they look like beehives, right? And then one of them he opens and it's just a naked woman sitting in a chair covered in bees. Covered which in bees. is how you make a bee baby. That's what I learned from the bee movie, Mikey. That's how you win Beyonce tickets. <laughs> <laughs> you go full beehive. Nobody goes full beehive, Paige. And lives to tell the tale. No. I will say that she had a really cute behind. It's because of the teeth. She did have them teeth. She did have the teeth. So did Willow. I was like, oh. Anyway, so uh, the one room he doesn't go in is her bedroom where... I mean, he's got proper boundaries. It's fine. Yeah, uh, but we reveal that she basically lives in a pottery barn and uh, <laughs> it's, it's all just like white sheets and blandness and everyone else is kind of setting him up the rest of the way. This is, we get into the scene where in the original, this is where he's chasing the hobby horse. Yeah. In this one, he's kind of going through the whole town and he's like running through houses, ripping masks off of kids. Uh, he runs into the twin blind sisters who are just like, it is he! The one who will rule. Like, it's just you know yeah creepy and then he goes up to the house one of the houses on the hill and he's like interrogating the kids and the mom is like 
who gave you permission? And he's like, I don't need your fucking permission. <laughs> no, and I'm like, absolutely. I know, I loved it. Stay out of the fucking way. But I'm like, but you don't have jurisdiction here. Right. <laughs> like, they do do the same pretend dead girl in a wardrobe yes. as the original. Yeah. But he's yelling about how he's going to get a warrant and charge them all for murder. And I'm like, you can't do any of that, Nick. You don't even have yeah. any kind of jurisdiction anywhere close to this place. None at all. And at one point, as you watch him going through, because it's like a montage of him going through a couple different houses. At one point, he just kicks a door down. <laughs> <laughs> Hell like, yeah. Breaking it down with his foot. Kind of like Will Ferrell. And there was like a... A cutaway gag on 30 Rock. It's called Bitch Hunters page. Yeah, and it's amazing. <laughs> it's supposed to be like Dog the Bounty Hunter, but it's like Bitch Hunters, and he's hunting down women that have bounties on them. Yeah. Yeah, but it's at one point, it's such a simple gag where he's just walking past a wall with a sign that says brunch with an arrow. Yeah. And he just he says like, come here, bitches, and then just cocks a gun and then kicks through a door. Yeah, it's amazing. But that's exactly what's happening here. He makes it down to the beach where the plane has been sunk yeah. into into the beach and the pilot is dead with his mouth and eyes show, sewn shut. But my favorite is that, like, we see him. We see him very dead. And Nicolas Cage sh- tries to, like, shake him awake. And I'm like, dude, he... Dude. Yeah, his eyes and mouth are sewn shut. He died a while ago, buddy. He's full Luigi origin of evil at this point. <laughs> you can't wake him up. I honestly just needed him to, like, rummage through his pockets and take his hundred dollars back be like if i can't get the ring i'm getting this or just tear one in half and be like you got me halfway there <laughs> i love it we like work in romance in the pod jokes so like if you listen to both podcasts you're like it's really enjoying joyous. it yeah so he makes his way back up to the mating house where uh sister beach is about to put on her bear costume and he just punches her in the fucking face out of nowhere and that's i love it so much because she is talking giving that bonkers ass delivery style of lines and it's terrible and then he's just had enough and he starts coming to blows and i'm here for it yeah from this point on he is just a punch machine he is made of fists <laughs> I'm just a punch machine looking for my daughter on this crazy scene yeah so he we cut to the ceremony and the, there's some really cute little kids dressed as bees which i find very Aww. fun it was adorable yeah they love blind melon <laughs> they do kind of look like the blind melon uh so they dump a bunch of mead into the ocean just like the original yeah and then he is kind of following through until he runs into Lily Sobieski and they have like a full blown fight downstairs yeah. where he kicks her into that wall of picture. Like kicks her in the chest and she flies back like he is like, like 300. Yes. Yeah. Like this is Sparta. Yeah. Like right into it. Uh, he puts on the bear costume, joins in. He finds Willow. And he's like, I thought I told you to wait the house. She's like, no, I had to come here. Duh. But he's in a bear costume, which is hilarious to me. Like he pulls up the bear skin and is like, hey, Willow, it's me. And like, yeah, I know it's you. You're showing everyone your face right now. Hey, me, it's Christian. Please don't burn me alive in that house. Okay. I know. I did think it was funny that he's wearing the bear suit and he is about to get burned alive, but they should have left Mm -hmm. him in the bear suit. Yep. (laughs) Well, if they left him in a bear suit, they'd have to, instead of burning him, they'd have to bury him alive nice i love it but this is where he's exercising his second amendment right in a giant picnic basket he's like hey boo boo where's our daughter hey boo boo where's our grave Uh, so (laughs) he reaches a clearing where rowan is tied to a stake and clearly the intention is to burn her alive he runs up there there's a girl kind of 
about to kind of light the stake. She's kind of guarding her, and he just punches her in the face <laughs> and runs away with Rowan at the slowest pace on earth. Oh, yeah, he's he looks weird running throughout this whole film. I've seen him in more recent movies look more agile than he does in this movie. Like in this movie, he looks like an yeah. old man trying to run. And he looks much better in later movies. Like I don't know what was going on. Like if he just had knee surgeries or something, but he is like very gingerly know. stepping around this island. Yeah. Well and as he's running, his cell phone rings. He screams into it for his friend Pete to help him, but then the phone dies. Um he does get out of the bear costume and Rowan runs ahead and he follows her and she runs into the clearing where she runs to her mom and is yeah. like, did I do the right? And she's like, yep, you did it right. And of course, this is where they kind of surround him and are like, no, we're going to burn you alive Yay! because we planned this whole thing. Yeah. I was like, the whole thing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got him to the island, but the rest of it does not seem that planned. Yeah. I mean, well, I think once they got him to the island, he couldn't really get off the island. So like, that's all they really needed to do. Yeah. They just got to vamp for a day and a half and then kill him. Yeah. That's all they do. Yep. And so this is the point at which the two versions that we saw diverge. So the scene that you did not get to see that it is in my version okay. is that Willow has the bullets and the crowd overpowers him as he tries to fight. And then they bring a series of logs out and stack them so his legs are upright and kind of like bent over the logs. And as, as he's on the ground and they're yelling, prepare the drone, he just says, you bitches, you fucking bitches. <laughs> he's just screaming it over and over again. Oh, I love it. It's, and, and he's this is the whole like killing me won't bring back your crops. Right. Like it's that same. But he's just like, you fucking bitches. <laughs> and they bring out a, a giant hammer and they break his legs. And it's pretty they're clearly dummy legs but like sound effects it's pretty gross yeah and then with his legs broken they put the bee helmet on him where it's just like a cage oh, and they shit. dump the bees into yeah. it i've seen that i think in the trailer for this i've seen that shot but it was not in the cut that i saw and it's a famous gif too yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. uses the gif it of is. it but yeah. he's just like not the bees and he passes out from anaphylaxis and they use his other epi pen to bring him back because he has to be alive yeah. why couldn't they use the old way <laughs> yeah and well and she says we'll do it your way this time and like stabs him with oh, the other okay. Uh Then they take him to the Wicker Man and they're all ch chanting, the drone must die. Yeah. And as they're like pullying him up into the Wicker Man, he just goes, oh my God, <laughs> which I think is supposed to be like, oh my God, but it's a really, <laughs> he says it in a very funny way and I was laughing a lot. And fun note, if you guys remember last time when we did the old Wicker Man, we looked at like a print of a Wicker Man yeah. from like way back in the day. Yes. Yeah. And this one looks more like that one, which I thought was really interesting. It also looks a little bit bigger than the one they had in the 1973 one. Way and bigger. that one I thought was impressive. Like, I don't think the one in the 73 version looked bad. It's just this one is right. big. It's big. And they kind of pulley him up into the center of it. And then they send Rowan to light the Wicker Man. And she's like a little kid. She fully does not even really understand what all is going on. But the Wicker Man burns. Yeah. Then there is a scene after. Now, this is the scene that wasn't in the cut that I watched today, but was in the cut the first time I saw this. Yeah, Mikey and I saw this this cut. Uh, and it's Lily Sobieski and Willow, correct? Yeah. No, it's not Willow. It's uh, it's a different younger one. Okay. So it's Lily Sobieski and another one. And they are in a bar where they end up hitting on James Franco and Jason Ritter. The implication being that they're going to take them home and that this is the next round yeah. of 
drones. And, and that's, that's the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what did you guys think about the 2006 Wicker Man? I mean, it's pretty funny. <laughs> I don't think I liked it as much as the original, but I think I would have liked it a lot more if Nicolas Cage was full-on Nicolas Cage for longer in this movie. I feel like he's only full-on bonkers Nicolas Cage for about the last 15, 20 minutes, and I was here for it. When he first punches that lady till the end, it's the best movie that's ever been made. The rest (laughs) of it's sort of boring And you guys didn't even get the scene of him just being like, you bitches! Uh, You fucking bitches! I know, and I wanted that. I wanted that so so bad. It's so good. I want want this movie to be combined with Midnight Mass from... From that, the Mike Flanagan movie. You mean the the show? Yeah, the show. Uh, here's the thing. I will watch Rahul Kohli do anything. And so, like, give him all the guns. Let's do it. I mean, I want the dark, gritty Wicker Man where a lot of people die. That's all I want. That's all I want. I want diehard Wicker Man. I want 80s action stars to find themselves in very modern situations <laughs> and it be amazing. I mean, that's why Crank is great. Hot take, Mikey. I don't want that. I want you in these situations. <laughs> Like someone who is like just a regular guy with a gun and a grudge. I want my fucking ring back. (laughs) I I feel like the best Wicker Man is a mixture of these two, although I do prefer the original. I absolutely prefer the original. It's the one that I go back and watch more often. I love that it's a horny musical. Uh, I found out recently that there is a sequel to the original. What? Okay, that's waiting a while. I can't do any more Wicker people. (laughs) I I don't know that we can even find it in a way that we could view it, to be honest with you. It seems very difficult to locate. Um, But, yeah, I I prefer the first one, um, but... You know, it's fun to watch Nicolas Cage just punch the shit out of people. It really I'm is. I'm here for that pretty much always. Yeah, it really is. He wants to take her bear mask off. <laughs> just him in bear claws doing the face waterfall <laughs> thing from face off, like over people's faces. I want a bear suit. You can buy bear suits. <laughs> I knew you were a furry, Mikey. I knew no, it. No, I, I, that's not a furry. I want to look like the the Revenant. You want to look like a bear is assaulting you? <laughs> no, but like he kills the bear and wears it when he walks back. Yeah. Okay. So Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? I do. I do have quite a few fun well, facts. Well, hit us with your fun facts. Punch bear. Fun, fun facts. facts. These bear suits aren't real. Well, no, because you can't just make suits out of bear. You can make suits out of anything. <laughs> <laughs> I wish the listeners could have seen how serious Mikey's face was when he said that. Like, I got chills. Oh anyway, back to fun facts. Uh, so Nicolas Cage actually repeatedly has objected to the criticism that this movie is unintentionally funny and says that they knowingly made it an absurdist black comedy and that it should have been considered as such. Oh, that sounds like revisionist history to me. I mean, that's like when when what's his face uh Tommy Tommy Wiseau, Wiseau yeah. called the called the room a black comedy. Yeah. Um this movie and, and here's why I think that that's bullshit is cuz this movie was not screened for critics. So clearly yeah. they knew. So the writer and the director of the original film Robin Hardy and Christopher Lee who played Lord Summersile in the original film uh both 
really hated this movie <laughs> so much so that Robin Hardy originally had like a story by credit because it's based on his original and he had his name removed from the film's credits because he didn't want to be associated wow. with it. I love it. Yep. This movie is dedicated to late musician Johnny Ramone, who allegedly introduced Nicolas Cage to the original Wicker Man. I saw that. It's at the very beginning of the credits. And I was like, there's no way one of the Ramones like had anything to do with this. So I, it's nope. it's funny to realize that it was just that I guess they were friends and he was like, come over. I have a bonkers ass movie for you to watch. Yeah, it's I mean, it's Nicolas Cage. Uh, so <laughs> the movie now, some of this is uh, from the UK compared to the original because the original was a, a film in the UK. So in the UK, it was originally re- rated 18 for extreme violence, which is kind of like rated R. OK, um, but it had disturbing images, languages and thematic elements. And the director wanted a broader audience. So they cut most of those scenes out uh, and then they put the most of them back into the unrated version of the DVD, which is the one that I watched today. So without those scenes it's pg-13 with them it's r um but there's still about four minutes of cut footage that aren't in either okay I don't know why. The Maypole is literally a callback to the original movie. That's the whole reason they put it there because no one plays with it. No one interacts with it. They just put it there as like a callback. Yeah. And everyone's names are plant related, as you guys noticed. Winona Ryder was offered the role of Willow and turned it down because she hated the script. Oh, man. Was that a good call? Yeah. Uh, Additionally, Liam Neeson and Robert Carlyle were both offered Nicolas Cage's role and both turned it down. <laughs> Although, Liam Neeson in this movie. Can we have a moment for how fucking... Like, they'd be Taken. Yeah. I would love if Taken 4 was just this film. Oh my god, yes. Uh, so, Edward Woodward, who's the star of the original Wicker Man, uh, actually likes this movie. He was surprisingly impressed by the quality of the script. Um, but that's why they changed the name of the girl from the first movie from Rowan Morrison, which is her name in the original, to Rowan Woodward in this movie as a tribute. And there's a missing sign in the police station with his photo the photo of his character from the original Wicker Man. Um, also, Nicolas Cage's character is named Edward after Edward Woodward. That's why all those things are kind of changed because they wanted to give him some props because he's like one of the only people who was originally in the first one that's like, hey, this one's fun too. <laughs> like everyone else is like, fuck it. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, a whole bunch of the dialogue, some people have theorized between 60 to 80% of the dialogue is word for word the same as the original film, oh, wow. just in different context, which is true of some scenes. So most of the scenes at the end with the ritual are all the same. The scene in the schoolhouse is the same. A lot of kind of those in-between scenes, the scenes with Rose those all have a lot of the same dialogue. And sometimes there's dialogue from other scenes that get gets put in other places. But a lot of this dialogue is repeated. Yeah. But it's still a terrible movie, which I think is really weird. <laughs> so the, the plane that is in the harbor has a tail identification number of N7241P. And that's the idea of an actual plane that crashed in 1985 after the pilot had taken barbiturates before getting on the plane. I don't know why that's the number they used or if it's a coincidence. It may very well be a coincidence, but I don't know. Wow. Okay. Yeah. This is one of two films in 2006 that received an F on CinemaScore from audiences. Oh, shit. What was the other one? Uh, The other one was Bug, 
was the name of the movie. Okay. Yep. Oh, is that the one with Charlize Theron and what's his face where they go to the hotel and like they think there's bugs everywhere? Mikey, it was Ashley Judd and Michael Shannon. Yeah, it was like big what? names. How could that be bad? It's terrible. It's Michael Shannon. They it's lock Michael themselves Shannon. into a hotel room and like think there are bugs everywhere. Okay, well, finally, James Franco, who again only appears in that one cut, not the extended cut, he and Lily Sobieski previously worked together on Never Been Kissed, a movie that we've yeah. done for Romancing the Pod. However, in that movie, she's a loser that he would never be caught dead hitting on and even makes fun of. But in this movie... He hits on her. Yeah. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those amazing fun facts, Paige. Let's talk some box office. So what do you think the production budget for the 2006 Wicker Man was? I think it's going to be way more expensive than the first one because the first one cost like nothing. Oh, and it was also in 73, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. $20 million. Okay. I'm at like 15. Okay. So Mikey's closer. It was actually $40 million. <laughs> was the budget. <laughs> now, it came out the weekend of September 1st, 2006, and it was third in the box office when it came out. It was beat by Invincible, was number one. Number two that weekend was Crank. Number three. Three was, of course, The Wicker Man. Number four was Little Miss Sunshine. And number five was The Illusionist. So how much do you think it made in its opening weekend, the weekend of September 1st, 2006? Not a lot. <laughs> so what do you think? Five million dollars. Okay. Mm, I'm going to go eight. Page or closer. It was $9.6 million. Nice. Uh, so it did okay in its opening weekend. It was third. It was only in the top 10 its first two weeks. It fell from third to eighth in its second weekend. It mm-hmm. then was never in the top 10 again, but it was in theaters for 11 weeks. So it ran Damn. from September uh, 1st of 2006 till the weekend of November 10th, 2006. <laughs> what do you think it made for its total domestic box office run? I'm going to say it didn't make its budget back and it made 30 million. Okay, Mikey, what do you think? 15. Okay, Paige is a little bit closer. It was actually 24 million dollars, 24.4 million dollars. It went on to make, though, another 13.3 million dollars internationally for a total of 37.7 million dollars. So almost 2.3 million dollars under budget. So yeah, this movie lost money. Oh, man. To no one's surprise. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Yeah, not surprised. <laughs> so that is your box office. So, Mikey, do you want to hit him with that scary scale? Sure. I'm sure it's going to be a big surprise to everyone today. What the, scary <laughs> scale? the scary scale is a scale of one to ten of how scary we rate the film we watched today. One example is Ghostbusters and ten example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Page. Oh, it's a solid one for me, dog. Same. One for me. Yeah. One for me, too. Yeah. And that's our scary scale. (laughs) (laughs) So this was actually our last listener request redemption week. So we've done three of listener requests this month. And next week is our 200th episode. And we have decided to do a special movie for our 200th episode. Do you guys want to explain what that is? Sure. I mean, we've done number 10 on the scary scale. So for 200, we're doing number one. Yeah. So we are doing Ghostbusters. One of my all-time favorite movies. So your homework for next week is to try your best to not find Bill Murray super charming in this movie and enjoy Ghostbusters. Yay! Yay! Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? I do. Nice. Well, whose review are you going to read this week? 
Holly Raven. Well, what does Holly Raven have to say? Title of review, Amaze Balls. Okay. <laughs> this podcast is amazing. My husband recommended this podcast to me back when you only had a couple episodes out. Wow, okay. Probably 2018. That was a while ago. Yeah. The way this pod has evolved, it only keeps getting better. Oh. Totally agree. Your chemistry is top notch. Oh, I thank you. The older I get, the more sensitive I get. So to be honest, some of these movies I never watch. I purely learn about them through your reviews. <laughs> Honestly, I know a lot of listeners who don't watch the movies. They just listen yeah, to the podcast. Not at all. Yeah. Also recommended Romancing the Pod to my sister, who is not a horror fan, and she loves it. She Aww. has binged it and is almost caught up. Thanks for being amazing, guys. Five stars. Well, Yay. Holly Raven, thank you so much for the awesome five-star review, and thanks for telling your friends and family about the podcasts. We really appreciate it. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at mrandolph24 and I am at Todd J. Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm -hmm, than the regular mm -hmm. feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If if you want to financially support me, but not Todd, just look me up on Venmo or his OnlyFans, which really should just be called Only Feet <laughs> because that's what you get. But guys, <laughs> but it's just because I don't know how to work my camera phone. <laughs> he doesn't know how to hit the front facing camera button. So it's always just a picture of his feet. Anyway, guys, if you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash horror virgin. We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. We're closing in on 1600 members. It's amazing. You guys are awesome. And literally we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And guys, we got a PO box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a PO box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome. Guys, check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode was brought to you by Nick, Nick B. B. Nick B, fun fact. Oh, yeah? He's allergic to Nicolas Cage. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I hope you brought your Nicky pin. Otherwise, mm. you're going to choke and cough your face 
off. <laughs> this episode was also brought to you by the number Jeff. And Jeff wants you to check out his podcast, Kissing Jessica Jones, where each week they break down a new episode of the Jessica Jones Netflix TV show. And they've actually recently moved on to Agent Carter. So check out Kissing Jessica Jones on any of your podcast apps. This episode also brought to you by Tia, and Tia's teenager is driving her crazy this week. So how is Tia's teenager driving her crazy this week? Well, well she led her on this wild goose chase where it looked like she was going to be burned at the stake, but then she wrote, like, ran back, and it looked like they were actually going to burn Tia instead. So, Oh, I was just going to say, she keeps driving down the road and throwing her doll out the window. <laughs> Either way, it's frustrating. This episode also brought to you by Jonathan, and Jonathan wants us to watch some a spooky spider videos. So let me spooky spider. let me bring one of those up. I'm going to go ahead and preface this one by saying, just based upon what the title of it is, I know you're going to hate it. Oh fuck! Do you want to know what the title is before I show you? What's the title? So the title is "Inside the Cambodian Town That Eats Spiders." Oh, but they're dead though, right? Here yeah, we they're go. Dead. They're dead spiders, yeah. They deep fry tarantulas. Yeah, live. Well, the only good spider is a dead spider. Oh! Oh! Oh, oh all of them in the, bum, in, the, in the bucket. Oh, I don't like this. They can dig up a hundred spiders a day? Oh. Can you guys eat insects? Could you eat insects? I've eaten crickets before. Oof. Did he just say they're considered an aphrodisiac? Baby, let me have this tarantula and then I'll give you my fang. No? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Paige, your face is amazing right now. Here's the thing. I'm torn because as, as a food person, there's a part of me that's like, what if it's delicious? And it's already dead. So like, but then there's another part of me that's like, it's a spider. Yeah. Okay. I can't. I can't. It's gross. It's grossing me out. I can't eat insects. I can't do it. I don't. I didn't like that. <laughs> I didn't like it either. But thank you, Jonathan, for uh, you know being a uh, supporter of the podcast and torturing us with spider videos. So we now return you to another episode of uh, the, the Patreonicals. This episode begins on a sad note because oh no, Nathan, a new person that we've never talked about before, <laughs> he murders. Domasaurus. Oh no, no, Domasaurus never got to see his egg hatch. Nathan is a professional wrestler, always oiled up, always. Oh, I love it. I was apprehensive at first, but then I heard about the oil. I know. It, yeah. Paige was not on board, and then she heard about the oil wrestler, and she was like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. 80s hair, mustache, and he has a snake. And the name of that snake is Sneaky Snake. <laughs> and that sneaky, sneaky snake eats Karoon's baby egg. Oh, wow. You literally built up the egg birth for like four episodes just for it to get eaten. You're worse than the the Game of Thrones writers. Yeah, I was like, thanks, George R.R. R. Martin. If you could just cut down your character count, maybe you'd be like... <laughs> <laughs> Out of all the Patreonicals, who has a better snorry than Sneaky Snake? <laughs> well, I mean, this is his first episode, so everybody else? Karoon, Karoon, they entered their house, which is in... Chicago. Naturally. A terrible, terrible land. Yes. <laughs> like the well, Kool-Aid it, man laughing. Just oh, laughing, yeah. Laughing, laughing. And then Nathan just wraps up Sneaky Snake on his shoulders and he walks out laughing and then they, they high five. <laughs> How do you high five a snake? He high fives himself because he's an 80s wrestler. Oh. <laughs> so he just claps his hands and goes, woo. Yeah, exactly. I love it. I love it, Mikey. 
everyone hearing a distress, Kate flies Amy and Eddie over to the over to Karun's house where Karun is bawling because he has lost his child and dinosaur lover. <laughs> and dinosaur lover. He's a dino lover. A lover for dinos. <laughs> I was going with easy lover, but I like that one too. I went private dancer with it. Amy gets her cell phone and calls Scott, who still has the ghost, Wes, stuck in his shoulder. Shoulder ghost. Shoulder ghost. And they come, and then Wes is like, oh my God, the egg is dead. I don't know. And, um, Scott was like, what did it? And they're like, it's a professional wrestler <laughs> named Nathan. <laughs> Just then they all get a group text for most evil Matthew, who's like, nice dead baby egg, LOL, because he's the worst. <laughs> oh, dead baby egg, LOL. <laughs> but the thing is, Paige, he thought LOL meant lots of love. Yeah. <laughs> then he sends nudes of Kaylee, his evil girlfriend, against she, he does not get permission. Oh, that's super evil. So right? it's just like revenge porn? Well, she, I don't, I don't, you know, I can't really, it's so, so evil, I can't really get into their mindset. <laughs> okay. It is really evil. It's illegal. Evil I mean, Matthew, I'd like to believe you would never do something so foul. But believe it, because he's the most evil. <laughs> he won't shut his fucking mouth on social media. <laughs> so Nathan and Joey, who is a buff henchman of Dreskel's for the Illuminati, uh, has become friends with Nathan and Sneaky Snake and has also started dressing like an 80s professional wrestler. Hell and now yeah. now they call themselves a tag team. They don't have a name for it. They don't have like a cool name yet, but they're like working on it. And Dreskel says, good job, guys, killing that, killing that dude, the dinosaur. He was like the most dangerous. And then so Danielle and Aaron from the moon are at their counselor's office. Jennifer with a PhD. I liked it. Oh, so she's a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> she's got a PhD. Oh, no. Yeah. Jennifer with a PH and a What D. that dick do? <laughs> yeah, he said she's their grief counselor and she's talking to them and they're like really processing what happened with the moon. It's been a big thing. It's been it's been like a month or so. I don't really keep a up. A month. A month. It's a month. <laughs> <laughs> I know. There's Danielle Danielle sobs in the office and said it would have been a full moon tonight. It would have been a full home tonight. <laughs> Take me home tonight. Damn. Those so are moon this <laughs> you see dreskel uh he's the one who gave the orders to the professional wrestlers to to kill everybody naturally he's laughing in his home base which is not in antarctica he's moved to the mainland so they're like he's coming after though the people he's on the hunt yeah most evil matthew and kaylee are still in Antarctica, just being bitchy about stuff and um at the at the end you see Dave, he is just, um, he's taking one of those architecture boat tours in Chicago, but this couple starts making out and people get upset because there's, it's because it's weird and there's like, they don't have privacy. So everyone obviously gets upset that they're making out on the architectural boat tour, including Dave. And then like the <laughs> captain of the boat comes up to try to tell them to not make out. Anyway, the ship hits a bridge in Chicago and it collapses on top of Dave. So he gets trapped underwater and he's dead. So oh, and wow. that's the end of the episode. Wow. Well, I guess we're going to have to wait till next week to find out if Julia Roberts and Dermot Mulroney also died in that tragic accident. But I guess we'll find out next week on another episode of The, the Patrioticals. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it ooky spooky. Yeah. Have a great week. Bye, wicker nerds. <laughs> 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 <laughs>